Hello, friends. I want to welcome you to our latest podcast talk. This is Pastor Marco. Listen, uh, we love to have you come hang out with us live. If you've never been, if you live in the area, we have two services, Saturday 6 p.m. and Sunday 10 a.m. And if you have kids, we have incredible children's ministry for all ages. And don't forget to check out our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. We believe this message is going to encourage you, but also challenge you in your walk with God. I want to talk to you tonight about how God speaks through circumstances. You know, the last few weeks prior to Easter, we been talking about how God gives us different tools to help us experience him. We talked about the tool of prayer. We talked about the Bible. And tonight I want to talk to you about circumstances. And I want to tell you right off the bat that all these things, they work together. They're not isolated. You know, it's through prayer. It's through the word. It's through circumstances. And next week I'm going to talk about how God uses the church, the people. So all of this is they like pieces of puzzles. It's, it's one puzzle, but different pieces that God gives you to see the bigger picture. Can you say amen? And so if you have your Bibles tonight, I'm going to read from Proverbs chapter 3, just two verses um, to get us going tonight. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. Can you say amen? Amen. When I was a high school teacher, I used to love doing this exercise with the students. We call it the trust fall exercise. Have you ever done the trust fall exercise? Um, if you've never seen it, I want to just illustrate it for you real quick. Aaron, would you come here? I didn't even know I was doing this. But you sit in the front, so you get to be part of this. But you ever done the trust fall exercise where, you know, you have to, tr- you got to trust that someone will catch you. But I need you to cross your arm like this way, right? And you have to believe that I'm here for you, man. And you can just like let yourself go on three. You ready? One, two, three. <laughs> I wish I was over here to see your face, but I'm pretty sure Seth got it on camera, so we'll, we're going to look at this afterwards. Have you ever done that? But because I'm a crazy teacher, we used to start that way, and then we're like, all right, can we up it? And so I would have him go up on a desk. And say, how much trust do you have? But I'm like, I'm not the one catching you. I'm going to put your classmates to catch you. So do you want to try that? Can we go a little deeper? Come here. <laughs> Fellas, come here. You, come here. Come on. What up here? I want to see how much trust you have. These are your friends. Right? So listen, two on, two on each side. Two on each side right here. Look. Come closer. Right? Turn around. Cross your arms. Right? And trust Trust that your friends here love you, and that they're going to catch you on three. Ready? One, two, three, go. Hey. He's okay. I think. 
But, you know, the whole goal is to try to get people to just kind of break loose from fear, right? And trust that you're going to get caught, right? And so the struggle with, with, with the trust fall is I'm taking this blind leap of faith. And I'm going to trust that I'm going to get caught on the other end of this thing. And, 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 and the greatest fear is the fear of the unknown. Right? Are they really going to catch me? Especially in high school when you're like, kids are crazy. Someone might like, I don't want to catch you. You know? But the question that you got to consider with trust is, am I trusting the fall or am I trusting the one catching me? That's the challenge. That's the struggle I think we have in life is that life is going to happen. Right? So what am I trusting in the process when I face certain circumstances? Right? Because here's the thing with trusting God. You don't learn to trust God in Bible studies. Those are just practice. We're talking about practice? Not a game. We're talking about practice. Yeah, Bible studies is just practice. You know, the real thing happens in life. Right? Trust in God happens in circumstances. And God knows that. So what God does is he gives you the principles in his word, but then he's like, now let's put you to the test in situations that's going to really bring the trust level out of you. So we experience, if you're taking notes tonight, we experience God through the deserts of life. We experience God through the circumstances of life. We experience God through the storms of life. Right? It's one thing to have head knowledge of trust. It's another thing to take that fall and trust that God is on the other end of that fall. Can you say amen? amen. If you're taking notes tonight, the word trust is the word rely. On. It's when you're relying on someone or you're relying on something. It's actually a little bit deeper than that. It's what you're leaning on. You know when you lean on something like a crutch, right? Um, a few years ago when I was in college, I had to get used to use crutches because I got into this really freaky accident where my knee was cut open from one side to the other, and I was wearing jeans, and I, I, I just felt that something was not right. So I said, you no, know, I had this freaky accident. Like, I was just running. I slipped, and I just felt really cold, and I, and I was like, something is not right. So I sat down. When I pulled my jeans up, I saw my bones, and I was like, whoa, hello, somebody. <laughs> you know? Saw my bones, it was my first ambulance ride ever in my 40 years now <laughs> of life. And, uh, and, and, and so I was confined to my dorm room for a month, and I had to learn to use crutches because uh, they said my knee would not heal if I was putting pressure on it. And, and for one month, the good thing is I had a great roommate, he would bring me food, he would grab my homework, you know, he would go to my teachers, he would help me take showers, awkward. <laughs> Not when you're Cape Verdean, man, we do group showers. 
prior to being married, you know, with your boys, you know, if you play sports, you had group showers all the time. If you don't play sports, you know what I'm talking about. But anyways, learning to use crutches was a big part of my life for, for that month. And so I had to learn to lean on this so I don't put pressure on my knee. Right? And so what you got to ask yourself tonight is what are you leaning on? When it comes to circumstances and situations. Because life is going to happen. Jesus said in this world you will have troubles. You know that freaky accident came out of nowhere. I love Jesus. But it doesn't mean I'm not prone to things happening to me in this lifetime. You know it's a bad theology to think that God is only with us when things are good. You know it's actually a very shallow theology to think that nothing is going to happen to me. If God is with me. Matter of fact, I feel like because God is with me, sometimes the trials are more. And, and sometimes the hardships are more because there is a devil who doesn't like me. He doesn't like my walk with the Lord. So he's going to try to do things to try to derail me from the ways of God. But those are the moments that I have to lean very heavily on the person that I walk with. And can I tell you something? That month of my life was one of the most productive spiritual months I've ever had. I would not want to go back and have that moment, but I would not take that moment away because I know what he has done to me. See, it is through circumstances that God shapes us. You know, during that month, I was confined to my room, so it forced me to pray more. It forced me to read more, and I was introduced... In, during that month to the greatest preacher of all time, I was introduced to T.D. Jakes. This is the days of VCR tape. And so, and so these are the moments that you realize all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. If you're paying attention, you don't complain about the circumstance. You let the circumstance shape you, mold you into the person that God intends for you to become. Sometimes... If not all the time, our greatest lessons in life will come through tough circumstances and situations, right? We don't like them, and I don't necessarily believe that God brings pain. I believe God is an expert at using pain to redeem situations and circumstances. He's a master at using pain. Matter of fact, we're coming out of Easter. He's a master of taking a crucifixion and turning it into a resurrection. He's a master of taking things that don't make sense to us and transform it and redeem it and make it something beautiful out of it. Right? He's a master at taking your pain and transforming it. And, and I want to be honest that some of the stuff we will never fully understand in this lifetime. Why do we go through some things? But these are the moments that I trust that I have a God who is in the redeeming business. God does not waste any pain. God will use every circumstance to turn it into a lesson or to turn it into a blessing or to turn it into an opportunity. Please, tonight, I want you to hear me on this. Look at your circumstances as an opportunity. Every circumstance you find yourself in right now is an opportunity for something to happen. If you're paying attention, can you say amen tonight? C.S. Lewis is one of my favorite Christian writers. You know, a man that went through some pain. You know what, what pain is all about. His wife died of cancer. And you know what he said? He said, I knew about God 
head knowledge, but he was going through this pain that I knew about God by experience, that he is a God who is with us even through the pains of life. He never promised that we would not have pain. He just promised that he will be with us every single step of the way and reveal to us his will. And he said this about pain, powerful. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Sometimes we don't hear God until we're in pain. Sometimes we don't cry out to God until we're in pain. Sometimes the thing that you don't like is actually the very thing that's bringing you closer to God. It's the very thing that's bringing you closer to his will and to his purpose. If we were to open this mic tonight, some of you came to church for the first time because pain brought you to church. And so don't look at pain as a curse. Look at pain as an opportunity to grow in the things that God has for you, pain, can you, if you're taking notes tonight, is our greatest teacher. We don't learn on vacations. We don't learn on our days off. <laughs> we learn through circumstances. Can you say amen? You know, we heard so many great praise reports today. And, and, and there's one more that I want to share with you today that just happened through pain. You know, we, we, we found this out on, on Good Friday that that. Someone who comes to our church, brother, had just suffered a stroke on Good Friday as we're getting ready for service, as we're getting ready to minister. And she's a big part of what we do. And this happens, and it just shocks your system. It's like, man, how in the world? We're getting ready to bless so many people. And one of our leaders, brother, just suffered a stroke. It makes absolutely no sense. And so what do we do in that moment? We do what we do best. We say, let's rally. Let's pray. Let's believe God to come through in this situation, and I want to read this praise report to you. My 30-year-old brother suffered a major stroke on Friday, Good Friday. Three days later, he came home. The doctors have no explanation of why it happened. All his tests came back clear. With the amount of damage, white matter in his brain, they are perplexed how he is able to walk, talk. He has no paralysis. He's completely aware with no side effects. And here's the best part. This has led my brother to God because he knows that's the only answer in all of this. So we got to give God some praise, even in our pain, even in our circumstances. You got to praise God. And sometimes you got to praise God before you see it. You got to have faith in the storm before you see the storm turn into a blessing. Can you say amen? amen. So I want to I encourage you tonight, church. When you're going through a circumstance, I want you to pause. The word pause, selah, is all over the Bible. Pause, right? Pause, right? Don't panic. Don't go on Facebook. You need to pause. Pause and ask a simple question in prayer. God, what are you up to? God, what are you up to? Your sovereign God. You're bigger than me. I only see where I am, but you see the bigger picture. What are you up to? Listen, this is why I told you these tools work together. This is where you got to get a hold of the other tools, the tools of the Bible, the tools of prayer to say, God, bring clarity, bring wisdom, bring revelation. Show me where you're trying to take this thing and then give room for God to begin to reveal himself. If you're taking notes tonight, trust is the antidote 
against worry. Trust is the antidote against fear. Trust is the antidote against anxiety. Trust is the antidote against stress. There's an old proverb that says, if we trust, we do not worry. If we worry, we do not trust. So what I want to do in circumstances that I don't understand or they're painful or they're hard, what I want to do is say, Lord, I trust you. Help me or help the part of me that's still worrying. It's an honest prayer, right? You're a human being, right? When we say I'm no longer a slave to fear, it doesn't mean fear goes away. It just it means that fear doesn't paralyze you anymore. Fear doesn't stop you anymore. Fear doesn't grip you anymore, right? Because now you have a release in your Savior, right? And then you got to ask yourself this question, church. Have I seen God work in similar situations? Because if he's done it before, he will do it again. Sometimes the way you go forward is to go back and recount your blessings. Recount all the times you've seen the Lord come through again and again and again. When the enemy tries to come and, 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 and taunt you with all the stuff that's not going right, well, begin to taunt them with all the things that God has done in the past and begin to speak life over your situation. Recount your blessings. Can you say amen? Listen, what am I learning through this situation? There's always a lesson that God is trying to teach us. What am I learning through the circumstance that I find myself in? Because God is faithful to teach me his will. Can you say amen? The scripture goes on to say, lean not in your own understanding. Why does he say that? Well, because simply put, our understanding is limited. Our understanding is blurred. Right? There's a fog that comes over us when we're afraid. There's a fog that comes over us when we got punched in the face by life. Right? And, and what I'm here from boxers, I've never been in the ring. But what I hear is when you get punched in the face, the first 10 seconds are so critical that you got to gather yourself. Right? So you don't lose yourself in that moment. And so, and so we are very limited in our understanding because we are too emotional. We are... You see, emotions are part of our lives, but we're not meant to let our emotions rule us. We're not meant to let emotions get the way. And then, of course, we become negative. This is, again, where the other tools come into play. The tools of prayer, the tools of Bible reading, the tools of of wise counsel around us would help us see God in the circumstances. Can you say amen? You know, one of the most quoted scriptures in the Bible when it comes to the circumstances, is Romans 8.28, right? We know this. If you've been to church, you've heard these scriptures, right? And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Now, the part that I need us to understand tonight is that a lot of times we're not seeing the bigger picture, which is he said, according to his purposes. This is very important because a lot of times we have a purpose, but it may not be God's purpose. And so now we find ourselves at odds with God because we're like, I, you know, I did everything, God. And, but it's like, God's like, but I have a bigger purpose. See, sometimes the Bible says that our thoughts are not his thoughts. And our ways are not his ways. And so it's critical that I do bring in prayer and Bible reading so I can align myself with, wait, what is the bigger purpose here that you have? I got news for us tonight. I know we live in a very selfish society, but God's purpose for you is bigger than you. 
I've told you this many times. I'll say it again. God never blesses you just for you. And so God is not taking you through circumstances just for you. There's always a bigger picture that he has in mind. And I would submit to you tonight that most people don't fully see the will of God because all they're thinking is about themselves. God has a bigger picture in mind. God has something much bigger than what you have in store for yourself. So it's important that I see this part. It's according to his purpose for them. Right? And throughout scriptures, you see God taking people on journeys. But in their journey, they begin to realize, whoa, this is way bigger than me. Right? It's way bigger than just me, myself, and I. Right? So if you're taking notes tonight, our challenge in circumstances is to become God-centered, not self-centered. We need to become God-centered, not self-centered, if you're going to see the bigger picture. See, when you're self-centered, you're thinking too small. When you're God-centered, you're expanding your understanding of life. That God does not see, just see you. He sees his bigger picture. Can you say amen? And so, and so I got to ask, what is God's purpose? So let me give you some examples from the Bible. Because, again, you need prayer, you need the Bible, you need the church to see the bigger picture. Listen, throughout scriptures, there's so many examples of circumstances where God is doing something bigger. Right? When it comes to pain, no one is more familiar with pain than a man named Job. If you read the book of Job, that will teach you the, the, the challenges of pain. Right? Job, the Bible says, was a righteous man, an upstanding man, a man who loved God and loved his family and, and went through some serious trials and lost every single thing that was dear to him. Right? And not knowing that all of this happened because Satan and God had a conversation, which would just blow your mind. When the moment you think you know everything and then you have this conversation. And Job is no, has no clue that this conversation took place. Basically, Satan told God, the only reason Job loves you and does what, he, what, what you ask him to do is because you give him everything. You spoil him. And so it was almost like a, like a, a test. Like, what would Job do if you took everything away from him? But God's like, I'm not going to take anything away from him. I'm going to allow you to test him. Let's see what happens. And it's a weird thing. Which tells you, sometimes you don't know why you're going through something. Which, by the way, the mistake that Job's friends made is that they looked at all the circumstances based on the fact that, hey, if you're righteous, you can't go through this. You must have done something wrong. That's That's a bad theology. Right? That the only reason you're going through a difficult thing is because you did something wrong. That's a terrible theology. That's a life in the pit. And so be careful with the people that you let into your life when you're going through some things. Because not everybody has discernment. All three of his friends said, Job, you did something wrong. God is punishing you because you did something wrong. All along, Job didn't do anything wrong. He was just going through the tests of life. He loses everything. He loses his children. He loses his, his, his wealth. Job was a very wealthy man. Job loses everything. And on top of that, to make matter worse, to, to add insult to injury, his wife says to him, my goodness, I pray you don't have a wife like this. <laughs> wife says to Job, why don't you just curse God and die? Like this is your companion. This is the one that's supposed to be, you know, ride or die. Right? This is the one you sing about. All I need in this life is sin. Speed. 
girlfriend went the other way. You know? Girlfriend Job singing to the left. Come on. Job loses everything. And he goes through this process of wrestling with why is this happening? And, and it's a powerful book. I hope you read it. It's the, it's the oldest book we have in the Bible, by the way, book of Job. And they, and they go back and forth, and, and God decides to tell Job, well, you seem to have a lot of questions. What if I ask you some questions? Come on, come on. Come on. You know, and I'm not going to spoil it for you. I want you to go read it for yourself. But at the end of this conversation, Job says this. It's a really powerful thing about perspective. Job says this about what he's gone through and what he, when hearing from God, he said this. He said, um, I, I had only heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. Look at the difference. I've only heard about you, head knowledge, but now I've seen you, experience. Big difference. Big difference. Experience only comes through the circumstances. There are some people who quote you the Bible all day long. But it's like, yo, that's practice. Let's get in the game now and see how that pans out. Can you say amen? There's another guy, my, one of my favorites, Joseph. I think they're all my favorites. I think I say that every week. Joseph, at the age of 13, 17, has this dream, massive dream. We all have a dream. Massive dream. We just celebrated Martin Luther King Jr.'s death. Massive dream, right? Massive dream. We're here because of people that dream, right? And you're here to carry a dream forward, right? He has this dream, but man, he goes through hell on earth. Stage of 17, he has this dream, and, 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 and things begin to unravel before him. He is betrayed by his own brothers. He's thrown into jail for no reason. He was wrongly accused, goes to jail. He's in a foreign land. He's an immigrant in a different place. And he's going through all this turmoil. And he begins to see now the redemption of God. Again, I'm just giving you the big frame. I hope you go home and see it for yourself. Crazy roller coaster ride of a life, but with a much greater purpose than just his. And he says this, about the perspective that God brings when circumstances begin now to bring clarity. Look what he says, powerful. He said, God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive. These are the people that sold them to slavery and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. My goodness, that's maturity. When we stop blaming people and we begin to see a bigger perspective that maybe God has a plan here, that's when we know we're we're rolling. We're beginning to grow because the blame game is as old as Adam and Eve. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. The guy goes from being an immigrant who is a slave, who is thrown into jail, to becoming the governor of, 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 of Egypt as an immigrant. Like, that's a God story. That's a God dream. And that's the dream that he had at 17. But here now he's 31 years old. 14 years goes by. Don't forget, when you're reading the Bible, you're reading the highlights. 14 years goes by between that dream to the accomplishment of this dream through some serious pain. But through it all, he says, it was God all along bringing me to this point. I pray you begin to get perspective. 
when you're going through stuff. The last part of the scriptures, and I'll leave you with this. He says, seek him in all you do. In all you do. In other words, invite him into your presence, into your daily activities, decisions, and circumstances. Don't make decisions and then, and then say, God, where are you? Don't invite people into your life without asking God if they should be in your life. Not everybody should be in close encounters with you. Right? Don't, ask, don't be going on dates without asking the Holy Spirit. Then you're talking about, man, are they all the same? Maybe you're the common denominator in this situation. Hello, somebody. When David was ending his life and David had made some mistakes, as you know, he was a man of God, but he made some mistakes. He's talking to his son. He's giving him this advice. Really powerful. He's talking to his son Solomon. He said this to his son Solomon. So powerful. And I leave this with you tonight. And you guys can come up. Listen. He said this. My son, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. That's the seeking part. Intimately, he says. He says, he says listen, he, David is coming to the end of his life. And he's worried about his legacy. He's worried about his future, which is his children. He's saying, it's the best thing you can do is to seek God intimately. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. I got good news for you tonight. God is running the show. Which tells me you are secure. The word peace in the Bible is the word shalom. It's another word for relax. You're in good hands. Our life with God is a sure thing. Life is not a sure thing. Our life with God is a sure thing. Over and over again, Jesus tells you, do not be anxious about anything. I got this. That's the good news or whatever circumstance you find yourself in. So tonight, what do you need to trust the Lord with? What do you need to rely on, like to lean heavily on him? Who do you need to trust God with? You can't change people. You can only trust God to change people. You can't even change yourself. You tried. Have you trusted him with your life? Remember, the cross was a terrible circumstance. Jesus died, literally. But it was through the cross that we got salvation. What you think might be horrible might be the greatest gift God is trying to give you. Because three days later, he rose again. And he rose again for you. And so you can rise again. I want to thank you for listening today. And I want to encourage you to share this with someone who needs to hear about the love of God. And uh, hope to see you soon.